0: Welcome to another episode of the Lipstick and Cowboy Boots podcast. I'm your host, Cassie househour and today's guest is Cole Robertson, a.k.a. Cowboy Cole on Instagram, who was previously Sharkbait. We're going to get to the bottom of that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, let's we're going to have a good chat today. First off, I want to start with uh, today on my Instagram, I had a few stories uh polls that i put up and i wanted to ask people so i'm gonna ask you so the first one do you make your bed in the morning yes daily nope never or sometimes but definitely not always
1: i am a yes daily
0: same okay next question how much water do you drink daily maybe a glass maybe three to four liters daily or less than what i should but more than a glass um i would say probably three to four awesome good you're healthy very (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> what is your bedtime 9 p.m. 10 p.m. 11 to 12 whenever my mind shuts off usually after 12
1: um it fluctuates so much i think if i had to average it out probably 11 to midnight yeah yeah Yeah,
0: it depends what's happening all around yeah (laughs) it's
1: an ever it's an ongoing battle with the mind for sure I have a lot of wake-up calls at the witching hour like that three to three thirty mark um, and I usually wake (laughs) up with an idea and I just I just get to it because there's no chance I'm getting back to sleep
0: no exactly all right next one do you journal yes daily no yes but not consistently daily awesome Mm -hmm. okay Am I? I think this is my last one. How much coffee do you drink daily? One cup, one to two, two plus, or none?
1: I've actually cut it back to two cups a day.
0: Cut it back to two. I had eh? to.
1: I had to. You can't go. You, you can't live your life with the coffee shakes daily. It's just. It's not okay. No,
0: I had those today because I had the two plus today, and it was a lot. It I'll is. I'll tell you that yeah,
1: it takes a toll on you.
0: It really does. Yep. I, I posed those questions to people because I started reading this book, The Miracle Morning. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of it before, but basically no. the guy tells you to wake up at five in the morning in 10 minutes. Um, you know, 10 minutes, you're going to do some journaling, 10 minutes, you're going to meditate, 10 minutes of exercising and visualization and positive affirmations
1: mm-hmm. and also
0: some reading. So yeah, I thought that was kind of cool to see what people are doing with their days. Anyways, coal, cowboy <laughs> coal. First off, yeah. So shark bait, was that, what was that about? Let's talk about that.
1: So as a kid who grew up, um, we're just at the base of the Rockies here, just west of Okotok. So I grew up landlocked and everything, but I've always had this attraction to the ocean. I've loved it. Uh, my sister and I were very fortunate growing up. Our parents took us on trips to uh, into California to go to Disneyland and we'd always, you know, drive up the coast. We'd go to the ocean. They took us to Mexico. We'd boogie board, we'd surf. Um, I, I love the ocean. I love everything about it. And I think it's because when I grew up by the mountains, I was in the mountains all the time, whether it be riding horses, snowboarding, going on hikes. Um, I find the ocean and the mountains to be so similar yet Mm -hmm. so different, right? Like the raw power of the mountains. If you get lost, you know, you're in trouble and it's same mm-hmm. with the ocean. If you don't respect it, it it'll, it'll, it'll bite back and it, and, and it can take your life easily. And I don't know, I've just always been attracted to the opposite, I guess, of, of what I've grown up in. And it, it applies to a lot of things in my life. Growing up on a ranch, I would love it when we'd go downtown Calgary, big yeah. buildings, bright lights, lots of stuff happening, you know? So I went the route of um, I, I moved to Mexico last winter to get my dive master training done so I could work professionally as a paddy diver if I ever wanted to. What an opportunity to travel the world that way as well, to physically go work somewhere abroad mm-hmm. and, and be able to, to live the life and get paid, right? You're not relying on having to save a bunch of money and then take off work to go travel. Um, so yeah, I kind of went like a shark bait way with it. Just because I, I thought it was funny finding Nemo shark bait, <laughs> like, um, yeah, we were just having fun with it, and yeah, when I was down there diving, I thought it kind of suited the brand at the time of what I was doing and, and who I was. And, um, but yeah, looking back, no matter what I've done or where I've went, I've always had that like core cowboy, you know, like, I was always that person everywhere I went, and it separated me from. Um, you know, other travelers as well. I was, I was somebody a little bit different. You walk into a hostel and you see this kid with a cowboy hat on, you have questions. What mm-hmm. are you doing? Why are you so far from the ranch? What is going on? Yeah. Um, so yeah, shark yeah. was, was fun.
0: Cool. Yeah. You know, um, anywhere you go, if you see someone with a cowboy hat, there's almost this thing where, you know, you can go and talk to them yes tell us tell us where you're from tell us what you do like it's just almost an open conversation to, if you know you know kind of thing
1: 100 percent. and it's it's really cool the people that you will find in, in your travels whether it's just here in Canada or down in Guatemala or wherever you are in the world you might run into somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody totally and it's it's really cool to to meet those people right like it really is a small world and yeah. when you stand out a little bit like that, it, it invites those people to come share their story.
0: Yeah, and I like... I like to be able to listen to people's stories and to have those kind of connections, especially right now more than ever. I feel like I'm craving those connections. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't get to go sit in airports. We're not traveling and meeting new people the same way that we used to. Not that I was traveling around the world, I was just traveling to trade shows and going to random towns, but mm-hmm. but still, I miss that. So, 100%. Yeah.
1: Like, even, um, like, I lived in Whistler for the winter when I flew back over here um, about a month ago. Uh, you know, sitting in the airport, waiting for my flight, had my cowboy hat on, was sitting there drinking a the Corona, editing some videos and writing some jokes. And yeah, a random older lady walked up to me and she's like, hey, I love your hat. And then just yeah. carried on her day. Well, thank you very much. Like, you just put a huge smile on my face. I appreciate that. Like, it's it's cool, the the small interactions you get.
0: Yeah, I love it. Cool. Okay, so you're writing some jokes. Let's talk about... <laughs> Comedy like you're you're pretty funny, Cole, so <laughs> we've I'm sure a lot of us have checked out uh, some of your videos on Instagram. I started seeing them around NFR time and they've just continued, and you're not running out of content that's for sure <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no we uh, we got quite the lineup coming, and I can't even explain the joke the the joke books I have on the go it's it gives me anxiety
0: <laughs> <almost>. <laughs>
1: uh, in all the right ways. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. So you're going to be, you're working with Cowboy Comedy Network. Do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So we got a really cool opportunity about a month ago to start doing some of the longer form content ideas that I'm writing. And I do a lot of work with my sister. She's kind of my right hand man. And, um, she keeps me in line with some jokes. Like I can write a pretty out there joke and she can help me rein it in to make it (laughs) <laughs> what it would what it would end up being right when you when you guys see it on Instagram, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, Cowboy Channel Canada actually reached out to us looking for short content. So I was kind of wanting to go the YouTube route just because I didn't have like a other than Instagram, I didn't have like a bigger platform to put longer form comedy on there, like a minute to five minutes, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: um, and so I, I wanted to kind of start something for people to to go to to watch funny things. But something you can relate to, because I know for me personally, I'm a huge fan of of people like Andy Samberg, Adam Sandler, um, sh- shows like Parks and Rec, The Office, uh, Shit's <laughs> yeah. Creek, things like that. Like that's that's my inspiration. Watching writers like that, and and actors and comedians like that, and and one day I just sat down and I was like, man, like I myself, my friends, my family, people I don't even know, they want humorous content but they have to go to other platforms and mainstream platforms to get it mm-hmm. but here I am sitting on a goldmine of ideas why can't I provide them with longer form comedy content that they can personally relate to and that's what I found I'm missing is I love watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine and laughing at Andy <laughs> Sandberg running around as a detective yeah. but I can sit here and write a TV show about um, like a livestock officer doing the same thing. Yeah. Right? And um, my sister and I are, have finished the first season of a TV show that would be, we have it written to be filmed the same style as like a Parks and Record The Office, but it's about five people traveling trying to make the national finals.
0: Oh my God, that's amazing.
1: Well, <laughs> so they just bounce from rodeo to rodeo to rodeo and it's all situational, right? You got five people in a rig. We have a team roping team, a barrel racer, a Canadian that bulldogs and ropes calves, another calf roper, and they just play off each other. But then, you know, you get to the rodeo and it's like, oh, you run into the Canadian bulldogger's friends from Canada and you run into that stock contractor that's kind of a dick and you run into um, this person like you. we have a creepy clown in there. You know, like we're trying to play off of what we've physically lived and seen and been a part of and watched. And to us, it's, it's a no-brainer because we feel like we're missing it. So we're really hoping that other people will kind of rally behind it too. And, and, um, want to get involved in some way and, and see it grow because I think it, uh, I think there's an opportunity for it because we do a lot of funny things as, as cowboys and people in the Western world. Yeah. And all the jokes I write, 99% of them I've personally done, or I've had a friend do, or I've watched them do it. Like it's, the comedy's there, right? You just got to, I don't know, we're just trying to spin it the right way to, to show people that it's okay to laugh at what we do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Funny. Exactly. That's awesome. Then what a cool opportunity to get to work with Cowboy Channel. That's really cool.
1: Yeah. So we, we went up and spent the weekend in Pinocchio filming some skits um, and we got some really funny ones coming up and it's just such an amazing opportunity that we can film them, edit them, hand them over. And if they like them, wicked they're gonna go on on rfd tv canada cowboy channel canada um i submitted a skit the other day that's it's a fake dating app but I, it's filmed as like a commercial and it's for it's for people that live like off the grid right and if and the, the app's called fur trader um they want to run it on <laughs> wild tv right they want to run it on the on the hunting network and i'm just like right on like wherever you want to put it i'll take it like yeah yeah so they they want it as fast as we can write it and Right now, it's just the manpower. Like we just don't have enough people to help film and act and edit and write. And so we're we're trying to we're trying to kill it. And it's coming along.
0: That is amazing. Yeah. I'm very excited for you. That'll be awesome. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for you guys to see what's going on.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, um, how did you get into uh, the comedy world? Like, when did you start writing skits and jokes and performing?
1: The first comedy skit I filmed was with my best friend Wyatt Erickson and um our other friend Jordy Regehr and it was literally the three of us being dumb little high school kids and I was a ninja and Jordy was like the head ninja and I like tried to like fight him and battle him um to basically like kill him and take over as a head ninja and it was just an all-out freak show of events Um, I'm pretty sure Wyatt still has the video, actually. He'd have to dig for it, but I'm pretty positive he still has it.
0: He needs to find it. (laughs)
1: 100%. 100%. I'll talk to him tonight. But he, uh, yeah, no. I grew up watching shows like Saturday Night Live and all like Jim Belushi, John Candy, Bill Murray, all those guys, Chevy Chase, and I just loved the idea of being a cast member on SNL where it was my job to literally come up with an idea spend all night with a group of like-minded creatives that all think differently and act differently and just hammer out funny f- skits things that will make people laugh things where i get to be goofy and you get to be goofy and you know maybe i get to play like this little gringo kid or like a, maybe a little mexican guy or like you know what i mean like you you get to mm-hmm. just explore yourself too as a person yeah and really kind of exhaust like what can I create like it's one thing to write a joke but it's another thing to write something that you know the the humor is how you're going to present it so now you have to look at it like well how can I pronounce this word different can I say it weird um can I like do something weird with my head or my face or like flip my hand out funny like it's really cool to exhaust like your creativeness personally
0: yeah and growing
1: up watching those guys do that like Watching um, Belushi be a mob boss in a skit on (laughs) SNL, or Chris Farley being the, you know, living in a van down by the river. Like, it's cool. It was so cool to me to see those guys just exhausting their potential in their creativity every single weekend and all week and all throughout their careers. And um, it took me a long time to really figure out that that's the path I wanted to go down. Um, but I think that's just a part of growing up and living and all the external influences from family, friends, um, society itself, right? Like mm-hmm. looking back, just seeing the, the decisions I made were based off of you know, what so-and-so might think or I'm pretty sure I have to do this because that's what they expect me to do. Mm-hmm. And it's taken me a long time and a lot of personal growth to take that step back and be like, No, like I want to think for myself and make decisions for myself, not make decisions based off of what I think I need to do. Yes, And I've been really hustling on that for the past couple of years. And I had somebody in my life that made a huge impact on me, um, that pushed me towards the more positive thinking and manifestation and just setting goals and the fact that there was nothing or there isn't anything that's not achievable. Like if I wanted to be a cast member on SNL, I was getting asked some questions like, well why aren't you yes why aren't you taking the steps to become one why aren't you trying to play comedy clubs every night open mics uh going to improv classes like why aren't you going to second city in toronto um and trying to get in on there and performing every weekend because that's that's where you get found by the people that make decisions on moving you up the ladder yes so then to me it was like shit like why aren't i
0: I love that you found a mentor that was doing that that did that for you. Also, I want to ask, um, how old are you, Cole? I'm 27. You're 27, so you know what? Even at 27, so it took me most of my 20s to kind of realize those kinds of things, like who gives a shit what people are thinking, who cares what they're saying, do what you want to do, follow your passion, all those kinds of things. I did have a mentor in my 20s that you know started steering me in that direction. But I mean, to fully really embrace it and understand it, it took me till about 30 to get there. So good for you at 27 to be having this mindset and getting after it. That's awesome. It's hard, right? Yeah, it is really hard. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to
1: step out of that circle of like that comfort zone of, I know I'm good at this, so I'm going to do it. I know I can work this job all all winter and then go rodeo all summer or vice versa or whatever it is you want to do and and to kind of break out of that norm and and to go do something different it was it was a mental struggle for sure but at the same time I knew I was making the right decision and then something like when I moved to Mexico last winter Mm -hmm. um, it was so out of the norm
0: Mm -hmm. for
1: like the what we grew up in but it was amazing when I got down there and I started posting some diving videos and and people started to see what I was doing the amount of DMs and messages that I got that were like, hey, bro, you have inspired me to go do this. You've inspired me to try that. Like, I think it's so cool you're down there. Like, you, you took a chance. You're doing something completely different. You're living in Mexico. How many yeah. people want to spend their winters in minus 35 Alberta? My hand right. is up. You can't see it, but my hand is high up in the sky. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cold. So the fact that, like, I don't know, it was just so cool to get that back-end support.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Mean? I was down there. I was living um in this little apartment like deep in Mexico, like where I lived in Huatuco, Mexico. Like it is very Mexico still. There's a lot of tourists and everything. Um but they're they're the kind of tourists that own places. They're elderly white people that can afford a $300,000 condo on the beach. Yeah. And they they live there for 6 months of the year, so it's not touristy in the sense of like big resorts and everything. It's still very yeah. Mexico. So here was this small white Canadian kid that speaks very little Spanish living deep in Mexico. And then I get these messages from people that are like, man, this is so cool what you're doing. And I had, I looked around and I'm like, it fucking writes. It is like, yeah, I'm learning a, a new language. Our boat captain barely spoke any English. So I'd haul tanks down to him in the morning. He'd help me with my Spanish. I'd help him with his English. We could kind of collide a somewhat of a conversation together. But by the end of my term of working at this dive shop, he could be up in the captain's chair and he could yell down to the bottom to us, he'd yell something in Spanish, and I would know what the hell he wanted from me. I could just get after it. And my um, some of the other dive instructors were like, oh my God, Like you knew what he wanted? And I was like, oh my God, I knew what he wanted. Like
0: <laughs> You yeah. just
1: started picking it up, right? And so yeah, like I got to look around and be like, no, this is really cool what I'm doing, and it took me a little bit to get into the mindset too of rodeo's not going anywhere. Yes. It's going to be there, obviously, COVID aside. Like, yeah. it will be there when I get back. It's there right now. It'll be there in two years. If another opportunity came up for me to say, go to Bali to dive or go to Australia to dive, like, it's still there.
0: Yes. That and, was something that was really hard for me to do even in my twenties. Cause in my twenties, that's all I wanted to do was go and rodeo every single weekend. Uh-huh. And I did a lot. It was just amateur rodeos, never did the CR- CPRS or anything, but I went hard because God forbid I missed out on anything else in life. And then yep. finally I was like, Hey, there's also life outside of rodeo and that's okay. And yes, I had to, my one horse went lame and I had to sell her as a broodmare, whatever, but they make horses every single day. Like, uh-huh. you know, Things are going to be okay. You can pick up a rope again, and but you still went to Bali. You're still going to go to Mexico. You know, those kind of things. So yeah. I, I hope other people can kind of realize that. And that's not taking anything away from the rodeo lifestyle. It's not putting it down in, in any way. But I just feel like a lot of people get really caught up in it and thinking that they have to live and breathe it and die for it. And mm-hmm. there is still life outside of it.
1: 100%. And it's healthy to step outside that bubble. That's yes. something huge that I learned. And, and we'll get to that too, but I, I kind of want to touch on this real quick. Um, I was in Guatemala when COVID hit last year
0: oh, wow. and
1: I was in a, in a place called Lake Atitlan and I was staying at, at a hostel, um, that you can only get to by boat. Cause there's a bunch of tiny villages along this lake, but you can only get to them by boat. And so we made it there and the whole country locks down. So now we're stuck in this hostel with like 14 other people, everybody from all around the world, nobody in, nobody out. Um, but I found like this long, random, skinny piece of rope behind uh, like the kitchen area. Mm-hmm. And I just went ahead and tied myself a hondu in this bad boy. And I was running around healing everybody at this hostel. <laughs> all these drunk kids from Australia and the UK and all over the world. I'm just like, whoop, inside leg, whoop, inside leg. And they're looking at me <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? How do you do that? What do you mean you can rope? And I start doing rope tricks with this little thing. They're like, what? Like they were shocked. But it's so cool to be able to, you know, I was just like, oh, cool, rope, tied a hondu. To me, it was just another day. Yeah. But to them, now they have a whole other side of of Cole Robertson that they want to now sit down and have beers with and learn about.
0: Exactly. And yeah. maybe you're creating uh, potential future um, rodeo fans. That You know, that get interested in, oh, what's he doing? What's roping? Oh, 100%. there's people compete doing that? Like. Yeah. So that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Like even, you know, they ask questions and like oh like, where'd you grow up? Blah, blah, blah. I tell them about the Calgary Stampede. Oh, we've heard of that. You know, well, yeah, I live 20 minutes away from it. Oh, you've been to it? Man, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you tell them stories about um, being able to go back behind the barns. Like my, my Nana worked at and my family's worked at Calgary Stampede for a long time. And my Nana used to park all the Cowboys for like 50 years. So I was fortunate enough. I'd always be able to sneak a pass and go wherever the hell I wanted as a, 12, yeah. 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old kid, like you you get to meet the pros and you get to behind-the-scenes action. And to them, they've only ever seen it on TV, if that. Mm-hmm. So you can tell them these these full-on stories and they're just blown away. And not to mention when you tell them that you go to school on a rodeo scholarship, they're just like, what? Like a, a what? Like they don't yeah. understand that you can physically go rodeo and have some of your education paid for to – do your, the sport you love.
0: Yeah. It's a whole different world that people don't even know exists. And I think it's important for us that have lived the life, whether it's to the degree of ranching, farming, rodeoing, somewhere in between, whatever, that when we're telling people about it or sharing information about it, that we have to share it in a smart way. Mm -hmm. You know how you always see people that want to share, like share a picture of you rodeoing without any explanation, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, No, this is going to get circulated on the internet. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you share what's happening in this photo and why it's okay and how the animals are safe and and all those kinds of things? Because if you don't, your photo is going to get taken out of context, like nine times out of ten. And instead, you should be informing people, you know, and we want to be bringing in more fans. We want to make people, you know, help people support the sport. That's how we got to do it. So I'm glad that you're having those conversations. And I know a lot of people are, but I know a lot of people too that just don't.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's really cool because that's the classic question, right? Oh, does that hurt the animal? Oh, does that hurt the animal? Oh, is that animal happy? And it's cool to be able to sit them down and talk to them with the knowledge behind the sport, but then also with an open mind too, because I feel like, um, I, I don't name names or anything like that, but I've seen people react negatively to questions like that because it's just like, oh, you don't know. Like, you don't know yeah. what we go through, blah, blah, blah. We love our animals. It's just like, no, like, they don't know.
0: That's yeah, what we, like, they really just don't have, know.
1: Yeah, you have to have an open mind as well and, like, listen to their question. Answer their yeah. question. Don't just, don't just ridicule them and get after them because that doesn't do anything. That turns them off of, of you and the sport and, and exactly. a cowboy in general, cowgirls in general. So it's cool yes. to be able to sit them down and be like, look, if we don't take care of these animals, we don't win. If we don't win, we don't get paid. If we don't get paid, we can't do what we do. Exactly. And you can lay it out there for them in a, in a very safe way.
0: Yeah, it's just taking the time to do it. So hopefully yep. you know, people hear this conversation and I hope some more people decide, you know what, yeah, I should do that. Yeah, that would be cool. So,
1: yeah, for sure, for sure.
0: So let's go back. You, you grew up in Oak Tokes, you know, you've moved around, you've lived in Whistler, you've lived in Mexico and now it's come full circle. You're back in Oak Tokes. Mm-hmm. Um, how involved were you in rodeo? How involved were you in ranching? Let's just kind of talk about you a little yeah, more.
1: Yeah, for sure. So our, our family actually has the oldest cattle brand in Alberta. I think it was back in like the 1860s or something. My great, great grandpa landed in in New York as like a thirteen year old kid from Scotland with a bunch of black Angus bulls and he herded them from New York all the way to Cochrane. Wow. And then um our family's ranch was the Turner Valley Ranch where the Novals used to live for a long time. My dad grew up there with five sisters, and then um uh, my grandparents sold that place. They kind of bounced around from ranch to ranch, and then yeah, we are just west of Okotoks between Okotoks and Black Diamond. We got about eighty acres here and um I've been roping I started riding steers when I was nine and Mm -hmm. I did the classic like rode sheep did that I did some like clown act stuff with Dennis Halstead I was like a mini me for him for a while (laughs) um and I tried to get into my dad rode bareback horses and I loved riding the spur machine with him he got me a little mini bareback rigging and I was just going to town on that thing all the time but all my friends roped so I was always kind of just drawn to the time event end and then i think i was like 12 and i like really took it seriously and and started like we did my parents would take us to Claire's Home. we go rope with levi and chase all the time and the weirsters down there uh, we go rope with sloan smith we grew up with this uh quincy and sloan and so yeah i got into roping solely based off of all my friends ropes so i didn't i didn't really want to be a ruffie because everybody else is hanging out at the time event shoot and then my cousin um, JoLynn, her brother Casey, he bulldogged and then she married Trigby Pugh. He's, mm-hmm. you know, been to the CFR a bunch of times, so yeah. I was always around the guys team roping, roping calves, and bulldogging. Yeah, I tried to bulldog, um, but I sit here as a five foot eight and a half male, weighing like 155, 160 pounds, so I was usually the one getting thrown
0: yep yeah i just
1: i jumped a few and took a few horns to the chops and got a couple tipped over and i was like i don't fucking think i want to do this event like, <laughs> um so yeah i, I started healing and, and roping calves and tried to to do the best i could and i i had some very good years um the last year i rodeoed really hard i roped with denver johnson and he and i had a great year we won the season leader for the fca and the lra uh, we had a great LRA finals. We ended up winning second overall, but like it was hands down the best year of rodeo I've ever had. But uh, yeah, come up through the high school and junior high ranks, went down to the national high school finals in Gillette the one year with Clint Weston. And um, yeah, and I think for me, I almost got to a point to where I got a little burnt out. Mm-hmm. Just the, the, you know, you leave on a Thursday, you don't go get home till Monday, you know, you're going to six a weekend and Driving all night just to wake up and rope in the rain and the mud and all your stuff's Ugh. soaking wet. You're soaking wet, like you're cold. And and don't get me wrong, like there was a time in my life when I was just like, that's what I want to do. Like if you had asked me when I was sixteen, it was just like, I'm turning pro at seventeen. I don't care what you think. I'm go I'm doing it, like that's all yeah. I wanted. But it, yeah, I kinda got to a point to where I wanted to do some other things. I wanted to, you know, make diving and surfing a little bit more of a priority because I, I view myself like as a cowboy, but also as an athlete. Like mm-hmm. I, I did play volleyball and basketball and, and that stuff growing up in, in high school and everything. Like and I think that's another really cool spin-off is cowboys are athletes. I don't care who you are, what you do, like if you can ride a snowboard decent, if you can get stood up on a surfboard, you're gonna get it figured out. Mm-hmm. And what a new and exciting challenge for you. What a new rush, what a new yeah, just something new to learn that's gonna help you in other areas of your life. Totally. So I kind of reached a point where I was like, oh, like getting burnt out. Like people would text me and ask me to go to a rope and, it's just like, I don't even want to go. Like, I don't want to put the time in to like keep my heel horse in shape. Like, yeah, sure. I'll rope the dummy and stuff. But like, I was just lacking the motivation to really keep it going. And that's when I knew I'd, I just needed to kind of take a step back. I mm-hmm. needed to really kind of figure out what Cole wanted to do. Cole, I knew I wanted to be involved in rodeo yeah in some way shape or form i've had a couple friends tell me growing up that they always thought i'd make a really good announcer i think that would be fun like i kind of looked at that i was like yeah that's not going anywhere that's still a potential option um yeah but then yeah after doing some traveling and meeting lots of people from all around the world i feel like that really helped me kind of develop the comedy side of me or kind of helped me almost pull it out yeah and and now it's grown to this point to where it's like i want to do comedy but the, I see a market for it in in our world because it's not being done. No. And we do funny things. And if this is the way I'm involved is I get to go around. Like I spent the weekend in Pinocchio at the high school rodeo and junior rodeo up there um, filming and interviewing kids. I got to interview the round winners and have fun with them. Like I tried to do different styled questions, not your classic. Like, oh, tell me. How was your run? Yeah, tell me about your <laughs> run. Like, yeah, sure. I'd be like. Yeah, you, were, you guys were 5'5 five, in five the team roping. Tell me quick about that. Okay, cool. i got some rapid-fire questions for you. And I'm just asking them some random things. Like, yeah. Because, you know, especially with the that kids. That keeps it
0: interesting.
1: Yeah. And, like, they're coming up as the future of the sport. And I want to do it with, um, like, some of the AMI people as well and a lot of the pro guys. It's like, I want to I do some different things where we have fun with them. Like, yeah, yes. sure, you know Clint Bueller ropes really well. But what does what's Clint Bueller's like go-to meal before round one of the CFR? Or what's his pump-up song driving to the to the barns? Or are you going to pick Dr Pepper or over Coca Cola? What's your fast food joint after a big win? Like something different.
0: Yes. Something different because also then you kind of get to have this personal connection to them. Like, um, maybe not so much in like the NHL, or the NFL, but you still, you know, you get to see them in commercials, you kind of follow their social media and you can still kind of start to see a personality in these athletes. Whereas with our rodeo athletes, we get those same questions. Like we just said, how was your run? How like those simple same questions. And you know, when you're watching them be interviewed, they look like either terrified or bored. (laughs) And and so, you know, I mean, we've got Katie Lucas to help people out if they have trouble with being interviewed, but yeah, you kind of want to help them bring out their personality. And then this is also going to bring in new fans to be like, Oh, that guy's my favorite. He's actually really funny. Or I kind of like this about him, not just I like his horse or he's really fast with his hands. 100%
1: 100% I couldn't agree more yeah there's there's so much more to them than just the fast run they just made
0: like yes. you
1: have no idea what they just went through to get to that rodeo maybe they blew a bunch of tires and and had to do whatever like maybe they had to do something crazy to get to that rodeo well that's what I want to know yeah like yeah, I've seen you make a hundred thousand awesome runs like, Yeah. whoop I know you can roll tell me a friggin' hilarious story getting to a rodeo like What's, what's the closest you've ever been to missing a run, but somehow it just worked out and you went and made a kick-ass run. You guys were four flat won the rodeo or you placed, or maybe you didn't, but getting there was the joy. Cause that's what yeah. I always, I think that's the biggest thing I miss with rodeo is a, like obviously when you pull back on one for the W at the finals, yeah. you, you know, that rush, you just, it's so hard to, it's so hard to beat, but the camaraderie you build in the truck with the guys the stories you make at the beer gardens just the random people like the random shit people say like you get to see who that person is behind the veil and and that's what I look for in people now and that's what I try and show especially in my videos is like Cole is goofy Cole is quirky Cole likes to tell jokes I'm not going to get on I'm not going to get in front of that camera and be something I'm not I'm just going to be Cole and it's been really cool to see that people are people are liking that.
0: Yeah, people appreciate it, and they're connecting with you and sharing it with friends, and Mm -hmm. they're you're bringing people joy in a really dark, shitty time. Yeah, the amount
1: of DMs I get from people. Yeah, the amount of DMs I get from people that are like, "This made my day." Like, you your videos always make me smile. Like the pickup lines are like, "Oh, I look for this every Thursday," and I'm I'm just like, man, like making an impact like that. Like, I don't if this doesn't ever go any farther than where it is right now. I get so much joy from just writing jokes. I will write a joke and I'll look up at my sister giggling. I'm like, yo, this is fucking funny. Listen to this. Like that's <laughs> what it's all about for me. And so if, if I find it funny, I believe somebody else is going to find it funny. And even if it's just one person, even if it was just you and you DM me and was like, hey, that was a great joke. Yeah. Perfect. Some, I've put out some videos that I thought were going to do really well and they bombed. But I would get five messages from people that said, this is my favorite video yet this one yeah, was this hilarious. Is
0: underrated. People need to see this. Yeah. yeah.
1: And they, that really hits home for me. Cause I'm like, man, people are staying committed to like the content I'm trying to put out. Like this person liked my, like my post back at the end of November. And now it's say end of March. And, and that video to me just completely bombed. It did no good. I thought it was funny. I guess nobody else did, but then I get those messages like that and I'm like, wow. Okay. Like people are resonating with what's going on and it's yeah. If it doesn't go any farther than this, I like, I write the jokes because I enjoy them and I hope others do.
0: Well, people definitely do. Your jokes are hilarious. They make <laughs> me laugh. I went through a couple of them today, <laughs> especially the pickup lines. I think they're so funny. <laughs> oh my God.
1: Oh yeah. yeah they're good. Fun with those.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, like making people laugh, like if that's your purpose in life and you're bringing joy to people, like hell yeah, you got that figured out for your 30. A lot of people don't have that figured out. So Good for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I tell myself every day, like obviously I, I have the things I'm trying to manifest and, and all the positive energies I'm trying to bring into my life. And I have big dreams and big goals with all this and things I want to accomplish. But like I remind myself, I'm like, you know what? If I, if I can make $30,000 a year writing jokes, I'm going to be happy. If yeah. somebody wants to pay me $300,000 a year to write these jokes, I'm still going to be happy. Of course. Like, exactly. It doesn't really matter to me. I just want to no, write the jokes.
0: Exactly. It fills your cup and yeah. 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 yeah, that's awesome. But
1: it also took me a long time to get out of that mind frame of I, I used to really want to be the businessman mm-hmm. and go that road and like be in real estate and like do all this like, oh, Cole, the business mogul, blah, blah, blah. That's not Cole. Cole is, Cole is a creative. When yeah. I have to like sit down and talk business with somebody, you got me for like probably 20 minutes, maybe 30, and then I start to get... I'm just over it. Yeah. I'm just like I don't know, like can I can somebody else come do this? Like this is dumb. I got ideas I'd, I I want to work on. I don't want to look at this spreadsheet like
0: Yeah, I feel you on that.
1: It's taking a long time to 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 figure that out though.
0: But it's good that you've done that work to get to that point and I think a lot more people maybe as they're hearing this like oh maybe i need to do some personal development or some work on myself maybe i need to drink the 3 to 4 liters of water a day and get up in the morning and start journaling and mm-hmm. meditating and doing those kinds of things and you know a lot of people will scoff at the idea of any of that but yeah. it does you put in the work and you can change well, and become yeah. a better version of yourself 100% and and how
1: quickly the change has come since i've really prioritized you know, meditating and journaling. And, and the big thing for me is like a person has so many small victories throughout your day that lead to those big victories that that people on the outside of the circle see.
0: Mm-hmm. It's,
1: it's when I take the time to sit down at the end of my day and I bust out my journal and I will straight up write, I had a great day today. This happened, yeah. this happened, this happened. All small wins. And then I'll like look back. Um, like a small example is I wrote out as one of my intentions is I want Dale Brisby to start following me. I want to get my stuff popping off enough that it gets in front of him and he starts following me. Literally yes. a month later, I, w- I just film- finished filming a-, a TikTok, and I grabbed my phone to look at the video, and a notification came down. Dale Brisby started following you. Yes. And I was like, nah, 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 probably fake account, like not worried about it. continued filming, finished filming for the day, Opened up my Instagram. Sure as shit, it was full on. Dale Brisby started like is following you, and like is to right now. I could look right now and like he's still on there. Um, We just exchanged a couple messages the other day, and it's just like, oh my god, like awesome. He is seeing my stuff. A guy like Chicho Nation, like him and I have started conversations about like just what's going on and like writing jokes and stuff like that. And it's it's so cool to see. Like I've taken the time to figure out who I who I am, and I'm exhausting who I am. But I'm setting intentions and, and I'm working those intentions. And I understand that it's the small things I do in a day. Like I wake up and I make my bed. That's a victory. I do. Yeah. I do. I I fractured my elbow back in, in January. Um, and I was off my snowboard for the rest of the snowboard season. I'm still dealing with like mobility issues and strength issues right now. Like it's a, it's a work in progress. But like, you know, I wake up, I make my bed. I, I do my yeah. little workouts, my rehab workouts on my arm, my strengthening workouts, and then I do some yoga. That's already a big win for the day. I feel great.
0: Yes. I've had
1: a coffee during that time. Maybe yeah. I have another – maybe I have that second cup. Maybe I don't. Maybe I just make my smoothie and my breakfast and just get after it, right? Like, yeah. So it's the small wins like that that I found. Um, if, if I don't work out in the morning, I try and get out, get it done in the evening because that's, that's a win, And it's Mm -hmm. the small wins like that day in and day out, day in and day out that lead to those, to the, to the big wins that you can look back on and be like, oh yeah, I set that intention. I worked for it. I got it. What's next? Totally.
0: And also if you can be, become disciplined enough to, you know, make those small goals and then you're going to make bigger goals, who knows where that's going to take a person. mm -hmm. But you got to start even with those small ones, like making your bed.
1: Yeah. It's (laughs) little things like that go so far.
0: Yeah, they totally do. I think that's great that uh, you got Dale Brisby in your DMs and and you guys are following each other because Dale's stuff is hilarious too. I was just watching a video not long before we got on this call here, and I mean, and everybody knows Dale and he's done quite well with it. So if you could get involved there, you know, if he can share you and get you in front of more people, that would be really cool. I mean, then you're going to be on. Cowboy Channel Canada, which is going to be cool and get you in front of a lot of people. So yeah. I see big things for you, Cole. It'll be great.
1: There's opportunity, and I'm I'm just trying to. I know people bug me sometimes, like, oh, did you see this on there? And I'm like, oh, honestly, no. <laughs> like, I don't I don't scroll a whole bunch of social media right now. I feel very tied mm-hmm. up, and like just the things I'm trying to work on. Good. Uh, You're focused. Yeah, exactly. Like I I I have somebody that'll actually she keeps an eye out on on things for me. That's kind of going on. Like, hey, did you see? She'll send me stuff and be like, did you see what this guy did? And we'll look at it and we'll laugh and be like, cool. Like that's somebody that one day we'd like to reach out to and try and do something with them because they're charismatic, they got a great personality, they're funny. Um, like yeah. something I view with Dale is like he's, he's got that rough stock and, and ranchy world. You know, yeah. I kind of I got the time event world. Like I got some hella good ideas to collide those two worlds that are just off yes. the chain funny. And those yeah. worlds collide every day, every weekend. So like, yeah, we can make it happen.
0: Oh, I really oh, I wish it wasn't COVID, and it would be cool if he was, you know, coming up to Pinocchio Or I mean, you could probably go down there, you know. But these are things you could still plan for because Panoka's not going anywhere. Nope, Calgary's not going anywhere. He'll be able to come back up here.
1: That's cool. That's exactly right. It's just a patience game, and I, I feel right yeah. now so dialed in on the fact that I think when COVID really clears up and goes away. You're going to see the people that took the time to work on themselves, maybe work on yes. that side hustle, that passion, or whatever it is. If they prioritized and did the work, I think you're going to see a lot of people starting to step away from your traditional style jobs to run with what's working because what's working is is them. It's their passion. It's it's what they want to do, and they don't mind hustling for it and grinding for it and putting in long nights. I think yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of really cool stuff come out of COVID, and I hope I'm one of them.
0: Yeah. Definitely, I think so for sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. Well, yeah. what else do you want to talk about, Cole? Um,
1: what is going on for this summer? I want to know what people are up to. Like, are is there things to go to? I know Calgary's kind of chatting like they want to do something, but like, what's that going to look like? I think Pinoka's chatting like they want to do something, but
0: yeah, I don't know what that's going to look like. Is it going to be to the point where you know you have to show your vaccine? Passport to get in. Is that what events are going to look like from here on out? Is oh, that gosh. even going to be something that's like legal? I don't know. Um, well, they maybe they'll just have limited numbers. And you know, um, in the states, I feel like at a couple like hockey games or football games, they had it where, or like even during the nfr in Texas, where they had X number of seats together, and then so mm-hmm. many seats in between the next people. Maybe it's going to look like that. Um, I think I read in the Calgary Stampede news kind of um, that it was going to be, you know, they've got 200 acres to work with. And so maybe they won't have as many exhibitors, but they're going to be a little more spread out. So there's more room so people can still social distance. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know what it's going to look like. I just hope that something start to happen.
1: I think it will. I think it's, it's kind of getting to that point to where, well, I mean, I hope we're getting it figured out. Everybody else around us is, so I, I really hope <sighs> we're next
0: yeah and as no far kidding. as
1: like a as, as like a vaccine passport like to get out of the country I mean there's a lot of places in this world that if you like if you try to go to Africa you have to show physical proof that you've got the yellow fever vaccine and all that so like technically yeah. that's nothing new yeah it's just new to us
0: yeah it's just new to us because that's not something that we have yeah, you know you go to Canada you don't need any we're, of that
1: we're so fortunate with where we live and you know, the diseases that we do have are, aren't that hardcore. Like, we have mm-hmm. we have the technology to handle them, but there's so many places in this world. Like, even where I stayed in a, um, this little surf and fishing village in Guatemala for a couple of weeks where there was no cell service at all. Mm-hmm. And you eventually, like, you reach the end of the pavement and then you drive on dirt the rest of the way. And that's it. The only thing out there is a couple hostels, a bunch of fishing boats, and pumping waves. Like, that's it. Right. So like Damn. we are super fortunate with where we are and with the access we have to health care and the doctors and blah, 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 blah. So,
0: yeah, that's true. Yeah. We really are. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully things can work out. I'm actually more interested with like with Calgary. How is that going to work? Are people going to like are the Americans going to come up for Calgary where you're going to have to quarantine for 2 yeah. weeks coming up and you have to quarantine for 2 weeks going back? And is that still going to be, you know, during ju- the July run? So how right. would they be able to cross and then quarantine for 2 weeks during the run but still want to make all those rodeos that are going to have, you know, money up towards NFR settings? I don't know how that's going to look. Yeah. I I wonder if it if it won't be, you know, they won't bring the Americans up and it'll just be a a different kind of invite system. I don't know. I don't know what that looks like.
1: Which I think would be really cool because we have so much talent up here that gets pushed out because they're not top 15 in the world. Yeah. It would be really nice to see those guys get that chance to walk across that stage, to back into that box, to crack the latch. I I I am really excited. Like nothing against the Americans. Obviously, I love the talent that that comes up here and whatnot but I think it'd be just be really cool to kind of get Calgary back to to Calgary where you have like some pretty dominant Canadian athletes running the show
0: well yeah and a lot of times that's what a lot of people want to see is some local talent I mean and then a lot of times people don't even know who's up but they're just excited to see someone wrestle with a steer so yep. you know I think it would be a good opportunity and now is the time to do it if we're going to do it where we're going to bring in canadians and canadians only for the sake of 14 days of quarantine i mean 100%. if that's how we have to have a rodeo and we're doing it safely and following ahs guidelines and whatever else you know we are professional sport and we got to look at how other professional sports are running their sports right now i was listening to ted and Wasey with cowboy shit and they mm-hmm. talked with um Chad buzz plugged today and that's kind of, you know, they do a pre-show and an after-show and that's what they were saying. Like, you know, we want to be a professional sport. We are a professional sport and professional athletes. We kind of have to align with what they're doing. Actually, it was Chad that said that and I think he's right. So yeah, I
1: agree with that 100%. Yeah. Like, they're, yeah. they're getting, like they're making it happen and if, if it means that, you know, you take 10% of a crowd but get to have the rodeo, like I, yeah. I want to see the rodeo happen
0: exactly i want to
1: see the boys back in action i want to see the girls running barrels i want to see the judges back to work the stock contractors back to work at like the the stock themselves too right like we have some amazing equine talent sitting there that should be cracking latches and getting scored 45 points like
0: yeah totally so let's keep our fingers crossed on that fingers
1: crossed for sure
0: yeah definitely okay so um for the people listening, I want to hear which ones are your favorite of the cowboy pickup lines. Oh, man.
1: I just, <laughs> so as a team roper, for sure, the favorite one I've written so far is every time you come around, um, you make me feel like my classic heel rope, medium hard. <laughs> um, I wrote that one and like that's one of those ones most of the pickup lines I write I either write and then I have to take to my sister and say how do I make this clean or I know
0: I, okay when you said that <laughs> earlier in the interview and I was like that's the one that I thought of I was like what was it before
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh there's some that don't even make the cut I say it out loud and it's just like oh no okay if we cannot work <laughs> that one down then we'll just put it aside <laughs>
0: oh, that's, yeah, so that's, funny.
1: that's for sure my favorite one um, definitely the first one. I thought of that one over in Whistler, the, is your dad a mule? Cause that's an ass I'd take back to the ranch. And <laughs> I actually, I had quite a few people try and give me shit on TikTok about it. Everyone was like, Oh, mules are sterile. This joke doesn't even make sense. Blah, 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 blah. But so many people rallied back and were like, it's a joke.
0: Exactly. Like, Good. It, this is a
1: humor. Like relax. Like he's he's providing something funny. Like this is gold. Like this is funny shit. And I was just like, oh thank you, people. Like they kind of rallied behind me and and stood up for me, which I thought was really cool. Because yeah, like it's just so what the mule does, and it just sounded better than is your dad a donkey? Like no, yeah, is your dad exactly. A mule? Like it just sounded better that way. So yeah.
0: TikTok people are crazy either they're going to be behind you and just laugh and appreciate it or they're going to be like well according to my calculations this would be incorrect (laughs) yeah dude it's funny let it be funny
1: yeah so we're yeah we're trying to exhaust all avenues like I wrote that one about um like the Hancock bloodline because my heel horse is a Hancock and he has the biggest he's got a t-rex head on him (laughs) Um, but he's also one of the best horses I've ever ridden and I I got so many dms about like oh can you write a joke about this breed and this breed and how like this breed's thick and like blah 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 and I'm just like okay so they loved the bloodline jokes all right
0: yeah yeah run (laughs) with
1: it for sure so yeah that's oh man we sit down we have such a blast writing those ones it's yeah it's a lot of fun
0: that's awesome. Well, yeah. good. I'm glad we got to have this chat here yeah, today. Um, cole, where can people find you on social media?
1: They can find me on Instagram and TikTok. Um, it's at cowboy c o w b o i underscore cole. Um, cowboy Cole was taken, so I had to take pick cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't know. To me, it kind of suits the brand. Like I like to wear my cowboy hat and Vans, and I'm a little different. And I'm just, I'm just doing my thing. So that's where everybody can find me on, on social media.
0: I love it. Perfect. Well, yeah. uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah. I appreciate having you here. Thanks for having me.
1: This was a blast.
0: Yeah, it was good. We'll have to do it again sometime.
1: 100%. You just let me know. <laughs> Sounds good. Right on. Thank you.